I'm Sarah Myerskoff, and this is the Insurance Brokers Podcast, where we're talking to the personalities and the businesses that sit behind our industry. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform. Good afternoon, Alistair. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Insurance Brokers Podcast. It's the second time you've been on the show, isn't it? It certainly is. Great to be back. Thanks, Sarah, for inviting us. Yeah, it's a good couple of years since since we last chatted, I think. I'm trying to think. It was probably right in the midst of COVID at the time when when yeah. when uh, all we could do was meet uh, remotely and uh, <laughs> and over to, and over uh, Zoom and the likes. Yeah, it was. Oh, how the world has changed uh, <laughs> since those wonderful days. So we've been chatting off and on for the last few weeks about the topic for this podcast, and we were talking about some of the themes and things that you guys at Momentum have noticed. One of the things that we were discussing is AR versus DA and, and what's going on in that space. So I wonder if you would like to give us just a little introduction to who you are, a little bit about Momentum, and then let's lead into a conversation about what, what it is you guys are seeing and why. Absolutely. So um, I'm Alistair Body, Business Development Director here at Momentum Broker Solutions. We have been trading for about 12, 13 years. I think we're about to come to our anniversary. Um, and our model is principally all about supporting both startup. Well, initially, it was more about startup brokers and, and helping them get regulatory uh, um, um, authority and get them up and trading and providing them with the back office support. As obviously the business developed over time, we started seeing um, other appointed representatives of other networks finding their way to ourselves as well. And the business has grown accordingly. But um, so historically, that's where we found our um, new partners. But things certainly are changing, certainly since the pandemic and, uh, and some of the challenges which we're seeing in the insurance industry. And what would you say... And I know, I know this kind of conversation happens a lot, but I'd be interested in your take on what would you say the main challenges have been for the broker market over the last, say, three to five years? I think, you know, there's been a huge amount of consolidation um, and with consolidation comes change. And that does obviously lead to a, a shift of employees moving from company to company. I think in addition to that, if we look at post the pandemic, there is been increasingly frustrated brokers in regards to some of the service challenges. Um, some, some, some of that has ultimately resulted in people looking to uh, sell up and get out because it's just not the fun game that they used to uh, and thoroughly enjoy and, and the industry that they, they used to love. So I did a, a podcast very recently a recording and we were talking specifically about net zero and broker's attitude to net zero and one of the 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 points that were made there was was it's another element to the day job that you've got to find time to do so I think that's what you're talking about when you're talking about sort of issues around service and how it's become like a, a lot more I suppose than it ever was what do you think absolutely I suppose when you when you look at What's sort of been thrust upon independent small businesses these days is, and particularly in the broking spaces, you've got additional compliance concerns. You've got um, a lot more talk around equality and diversity. We've got the um, DSG. We've got net zero. It just keeps going on and on and on. And I think for a lot of these businesses, they just simply don't have the internal resource or the internal know-how to, to manage a lot of these things. And I think, unfortunately, as it keeps adding up and keeps becoming more of a burden, they fall probably more and more further behind. 
And what's the solution? What is what are you seeing that brokers are reaching out or, or changing about their, their day job, apart from obviously selling up and getting out? I think the challenges they're facing, well, I touched on them before, but what is the solution, I suppose? Um, it's it's multiple things. It's probably going back to the bare basics of what they started from and why they actually started their own insurance brokerage or why they got in the insurance industry initially. It's about looking after clients. It's about supporting them and their businesses or, or, or their personal insurance requirements and giving them the advice and seeing the value that they created. And I think it's just really going back to basics and, and, and focusing on what they're good at and then ultimately using the services of Momentum or others to provide them the support to allow them to get on with it. One of the interviews I was privileged to do for Pod, the Bieber podcast, was around um, compliance. And one of the things we were talking about was exactly what you've just said. This um, the, the fun part is the servicing clients. And actually, for, for the majority of brokers, that is done in a very compliant way. But almost the sort of the red tape, and I don't mean to be little the, yeah. the need for compliance, but the red tape around it could be um, could be developed to be much more efficient for for brokers, you know, in their day to day lives. And I think if you look at the red tape, I go back to not having the know how or the expertise internally to know how to adapt that and deal with that within their respective businesses. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of the red tape or the compliance or the regulatory regime that comes to them is, unfortunately, a little bit of one size fits all. And it doesn't necessarily account for the specifics to do with a, a small brokerage versus a niche brokerage versus a private medical insurance brokerage and so on. And unfortunately, that sort of catch all one size fits all approach really does cause probably more issues than, than it probably needs to. How how do you guys support your brokers with areas like this? It's I think what it comes down to, as I said before, is about the going back to doing what you want to do, what you what you enjoy doing, and what ultimately your skill set is, which is having that technical know how on how to deal and advise clients and dealing with people. You know, the insurance industry has always been a people business, um, so let's try and free up more time for them to do just that. So. The momentum propositions about effectively creating an infrastructure and an environment where you know that you've someone's got your back, whether it be your client money, your insurer relationships, um, you know, credit control, marketing, and so on, um, and just taking all that away from you and just going back to, as I say, the bare basics of you doing what you do well. Go and sort, look look after your clients. Have you noticed the sort of post? a post-COVID change in the new brokers coming to you? And what sort of things are you noticing about who they are and what they want? Yeah, we certainly have. I mean, I was doing some research just um, yesterday, actually, on the on the position which we're in in regards to the amount of inquiries we've got. So in the last four years, we have, have been approached by in excess of 2,000 people who are looking to set up an insurance brokerage or move their insurance brokerage, which was a scary number when I originally looked at it. Now, if you look at that historically, you know, we were talking probably in the region of 40 to 45 a month is what we were seeing. Certainly since the turn of the year, that's in excess of 60. So it's certainly increasing. Now, in regards to, as I touched on before, about where we historically got uh, um, inquiries from, it was more to do with 
you know, the existing appointed representative or the individual who's working for a large brokerage who wants to start up on their own. What's changed certainly over the last sort of, I'd say probably 12 months is we're seeing due to consolidation, individuals who are on non-conventional employment contracts, which don't fit the new world. So we're seeing a little bit of that coming our way. Um, and we're also seeing surprisingly directly authorized brokers saying, hang on a second, this isn't what I signed up for. And I want to look at different options and, and manage my business in a very different way. So certainly if I look at the, the biggest move, you know, certainly pre-pandemic, you know, we would have probably a lot of brokers considering the move to direct authorization, um, whereas it seems very much now that it's the other way around. That's insane in an interesting way that that shift is happening. How much do you think that shift is to do with, I know we've talked about uh, service issues, but there's also a big move towards technology, digitization, and all, how much do you think that has a, a, a role to play in this? Huge. Um, I, mean, I was talking to a uh, broker the, the other day, and when I say it's, it's the typical Heartland broker, it's the community guy, because to be fair, most of them are middle-aged or a little bit older um, males, but it's the typical Heartland in, um, brokerage, which you know has looked after the community for many, many years. So the, the one individual I was speaking to, he had three staff, sort of high street, shop front type premises, and he was starting to not necessarily worry about his future. He felt very fit and he felt like they had plenty more life in him, but he was concerned about what, what would happen with the staff. And if something did happen, how his wife and it would be able to continue the business and continue with an income because she wasn't involved in the business today. Um, and so the agenda for him was was multiple areas. I just don't want to do the compliance. I, the insurers are now reducing um, capacity and or cancelling agencies because I can't support them. I know I need to update my software house, but I haven't got the technical know-how to do that. And I think it was just a, it's a matter of a whole lot of bits and pieces that are happening in the industry at the same time with the compliance regime continuing to up its uh, needs and, and requirements from brokers to a point now where it's just becoming a little bit too much. And I think some of these individuals probably see the only solution, which is to sell out. But there are alternatives and um, that's something which they really should explore. I think that's so interesting. If you if you broaden it out of the insurance industry and you look at it from a life perspective, I'm 39 and I have to ask my kids how I turn the channel on the TV because the way it's set up with all the various 5,000 remotes and you've got to press this sequence of buttons and blah, blah, blah. So if you are not from the very digitally savvy generations, how you navigate this whole this whole digital, you know, new software houses, how it feeds into all of these different parts that you're supposed to do. I think it's absolutely terrifying, even down to one of the clients we're working with at the moment um, on the social side is just LinkedIn. How do I use it? What do yeah. I do? Like, it's just, it can be so over-facing. And like you say, you add it to loads of little bits and pieces of things that are changing. So it, it's just, it's very over-facing. During your time in the insurance industry, what are the big changes you've seen? Because you've been in the industry a while. Yeah, so um, a scary thought is, is last, what, two weeks ago, it was 20 years since I arrived in the UK. So, yeah, I'm not quite English. More, more time in New Zealand, I'm, I'm pleased to say. But it has changed dramatically. And, and you know, I, I think back to when I started a, in a, as a business development role at Allianz back in 2014, you know, there were so many local brokers and, you know, I, I still catch up with my old colleagues from Allianz and we talk about, 
you know, name the, the local brokerages in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire that we used to call on. And very, very few of them exist. So, you know, it, it's certainly from consolidation, it's a substantially different world. But then I suppose when you look at it from an insurer's perspective, the same thing applies. You know, the local office in Bedfordshire for Allianz no longer exists. So the two op- options are, well, the three options are London, Birmingham and, and Chelmsford, for example. So people are dealing with people a lot more remotely. And I think that in itself has its challenges. And I think looking at insurers trying to manage distribution and trying to work out who to support and who not to support has also become a lot more complex. So I think we've all got a job to do here in regards to trying to find a way to work better and and maximize the opportunities for for everybody involved. I have a, a question for you that's just popped into my head. But I'm going to give you some preamble because that's always what I do. Uh, So I had a conversation. I did a a podcast with Sam White, Peter Blanc and Steve White. One of the things that Sam said uh, in a sort of offline conversation was sort of the left brain, the right brain. okay, and and how the industry's grown up according to those different brain stats. And she was talking specifically about data. So we do a lot of data in our industry and the use of big data has become much, much wider and informs a lot more decisions. And I'm wondering if there's like a competing um, interest here between, you've just mentioned insurers uh, reducing capacity, that's a numbers decision, cutting agencies, that's a numbers decision, versus what we started the conversation about, we're a people business. Yep. And there seems to be this real divide that, uh, you know, we, we're laying layering on top of it, like we need compliance, we need to treat the customer fairly, we need digitization to improve the efficiency journey. And there's just this divide between the, the way we're going because data says so versus at heart, we're a, a human business. What's your thoughts on that? Look, I think there is always a need to drive efficiencies, whether it be an insurance brokerage, whether it be an insurer or otherwise. And, and, I, and I'll share a bit of insight from an insurer who t- spoke at uh, one of our events last year, who was telling us about this technology, which they've now got, um, and they were trialing. I don't know whether it's actually in place or not now, but what it does is it, 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 it basically scrapes the data out of every presentation that's sent, that runs it through a whole of um, databases and the likes. And then effectively scores it from the point of view of the likelihood of us wanting to write it and also for us to quote on it. And and it got to a point where they were saying that then that's how they were effectively prioritizing how they dealt with quotations. Now, that's an incredible thing for them to be able to do. But then it also leaves a real big void for those who have a presentation that doesn't quite fit the box as such. So I think that that in itself provides brilliant opportunities for fleet of foot insurers and and MGAs to say, well, look, do you know what? We know everything doesn't hit a box. You know, we've we've got to be a little bit more flexible and versatile and try and find ways to write things as opposed to, dare I say it, leaving it to the actuaries to say what they do and don't write. Opportunity and challenge, both sides of the same coin. You come up against it time and time again, don't you? And it's just, I suppose, a balancing exercise and, and 
by default, you always get it wrong on one and then you rectify. And that's just how the market and the, the wider economy and world and people and lives work, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. Insane. And I suppose I suppose just bringing that into our world, what we're trying to do is to say, well, look, continue being that people person, continue giving that face to face support and let all those challenges that go behind the scenes of actually getting the right solution for that client, um, leave those to us. We'll, we'll, we'll sort that out for you and, and uh, come back to you with the, with the goods that you need. I think it's astounding that you guys are getting like 60 plus uh, queries a month for this kind of stuff. How, how does that break down roughly in terms of I want to start, I want to start up versus I want to change the way I'm working? Um, I'd like to say we've heard it all before and we do say we've heard it all before, but every story is different. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, if we break those 60 inquiries down, what, we, we, what we're also seeing is, is a lot of inquiries for existing businesses looking to effectively diversify and go into other areas and work alongside that. So I probably couldn't give you a, a complete breakdown, but if you're talking pure account execs or the likes looking to break, break free, probably in the region of 20 to 25 a month. The rest is a mix of whether it be directly authorized brokerages, businesses looking to diversify, um, and other brokers of other networks. What, on the basis of that, and I'm sure I'll see you guys uh, at Bieber, what are you anticipating the main conversations you're going to be having at Bieber being about? So Bieber's massive for us. Um, so we, we do host a stand and we have done for many, many years. So I think we're on G20 from Recollection, which is on the way out the door to the conferences, not the toilets like your last guest. So uh, I think there might be toilets over there, but uh, it's on the way to the, uh, <laughs> to the, to the conferences. Um, so, um, so look, what are we expecting for, for a variety of things? You know, we, we've got 20 plus of our broker partners who will be there. So we look forward to spending some time with them. We've got lots of meetings in place, meeting with um, our insurer partners. It's a fantastic opportunity to meet the, the senior management of our uh, insurer partners. But what we also hope to do is just, just showcase what we're doing for people and the fact that there are alternatives out there. You don't have to give it up. It's good opportunities if you want to take it. Amazing. I think it's going to be fabulous. You must make sure you come and say hello to me. I'll be the person with a camera following me around we'll chatting to people. So <laughs> come and have a chat. Um, I've really enjoyed chatting to you today. I think this is quite an interesting topic. Hopefully, if anybody's got any questions from what Alistair said, go and have a chat at Bieber. Stand G22, not near the toilet. G, G, G20, G20, not G20. Sorry, G20. Go and ask any questions that you've got. I, I, um, I think you've got a lot going for you at the moment and the journey that Momentum's been on has been incredible. So No, brilliant. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you once again, Sarah. Must do it sooner rather than later, yeah? <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Brokers Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform and check us out on YouTube.